0: And welcome back to another fantastic episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 28, Happily Ever After. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my podcasting companion through time and space, we have Paul Gann.
1: Hello, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling, sweetie? <laughs> i thought it was relevant <laughs> relevant yes
0: slightly awkward absolutely <laughs> Isn't that how i always roll <laughs> point taken <laughs> how's it going paul it's been it's been a couple weeks since we've uh recorded so
1: yeah there's been some stuff happening
0: yeah and christmas uh happened we are recording this on new year's eve um no we don't have much of a life um and then there was something else that happened. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, what was that? The Force Awakens, Star Wars. Yeah, that yes. kind of happened. <laughs> I've seen it four
1: times. I've seen it three. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there yeah. were Doctor Who actors scattered throughout it at oh, some point.
0: Yeah, Martha. So, yeah, uh, Freema, and I'm not going to try and pronounce her last name, but... Um, <laughs> She was she was in the Force Awakens for, you know, all of about 3 seconds before the planet she was on got blown up. But um, <laughs> you know, she was right there front and center for right. about 5 seconds and then got blown up, but you know, hey, Martha made it into Star Wars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Too bad her role wasn't that memorable. No. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, we're not talking about Star Wars. We're talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> Around the same time as all of this, these Star Wars shenanigans were going on, uh, Doctor Who aired the Christmas special. Uh, this is something we have come to expect every year, some sort of Christmas special that airs on, well, Christmas. Um, and this year <laughs> did not disappoint us. We did get uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor and the return of River Song. Uh, for this year, which uh, was a much-anticipated activity, or uh, adventure, I should say.
1: Spoilers.
0: I I don't... Before we get into the details of this, uh, Paul, what are your your initial thoughts regarding this year's christmas special the husbands of river song
1: i like the fact that it wasn't overly christmasy if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. because you you need to have that that balance of you know doctor who like atmosphere balanced with that christmas atmosphere you don't need it to be so overpowered with christmas stuff that it just you know, become saccharine if you know what I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. um, fake sweet is, it's just not good. You know. Right. But yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, I like the fact that they incorporated sort of the Christmas visual tones without just beating you over the head with candy cane. You know. Right. <laughs>
0: And of course, this doctor
1: is uh, the Grinch who hates Christmas. Um, I don't know. I I think he might halfway like Christmas. You know, he did get to drive the sleigh last year. Well, that is true. (laughs) But he was also
0: in a dream at that point. So (laughs) this year he's sitting, you know, hiding in his TARDIS with a sign on the door that says Carolers will be criticized. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would actually have been a good uh title for a podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> carolers will be criticized um but
0: no we want your thoughts on these things um we were not very good at, at at you know soliciting your thoughts on this episode uh due to our repeated viewings of star wars so and christmas happening yeah. so yeah we didn't get your thoughts on this
1: i was supposed to make the post and I- i went to see the star wars movie and forgot to make the post so blame me (laughs) and then we
0: we remembered like two days ago and i made one post and just (laughs) yeah and i made one post and just sort of like let it sit there so no
1: graphic no nothing you know (laughs) Nope.
0: so yeah anyway um my my initial thoughts about this is I, i liked it i liked it a lot um and of course, we'll get into this, but there's the great moments between the Doctor and River at the end that made me go back and rewatch Silence in the Library and um, the other episode of that two-parter. Um, I forget the the Vash Narada episodes. Anyway, I forget the second title. Yeah, hold I'm on. To remember. Hold on. It's right here <laughs> on this other page. See, I, have, I
1: would have gone back and watched them, but I had already watched them somewhat recently because I went back and watched them when we did our scary story episodes. Ah, true. So, um, you know, it it had been less than less than three months since gotcha. I watched them. Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. Um, yeah.
0: So we, I, I watched the Christmas episode, then I went back and watched Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, and then I watched The Husbands of Rivers Long again. So, uh, I am ready to go on this episode,
1: (laughs) which, which I have to say, after watching all of the stuff that we've watched with river before, it changes your viewpoint completely when you go back and watch silence in the library again, (sighs) because now, you know, everything she's talking about that you didn't get to see the first time through. And it's just so much more powerful. You know, I will get into that <laughs> at the at the end of this episode when we, yeah. when we
0: start wrapping this things up. Oh man, I will get into that. But <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into the husbands of River Song. It's Christmas Day in fifteen forty or fifty three forty three, and a human colony on of Mendrax and Delora. The Doctor is hiding in his TARDIS, like I said, on Christmas Day, trying to avoid carolers. And very upset at the fact that TARDIS keeps giving him holographic antlers.
1: (laughs) Is there anything on my head?
0: (laughs) Yes. He is interrupted from his uh, Christmas curmudgeonly ways uh, by a knock on his TARDIS door. Uh, The incomparable Nardle comes to the door. (laughs) And I, that's an ironic description of him, folks.
1: I actually like that character. I love Nartle.
0: <laughs> he's funny. Uh, <laughs> uh definitely a a whimpering uh puddle of tears uh on legs, but I loved him. <laughs> he's like
1: he's like a walking jelly baby. <laughs> <laughs> That is such an accurate <laughs> description. <laughs> but I like him. He's 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 lovable. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's he's like a cuddly teddy bear that you don't want to love but you do.
0: <laughs> right. He's just obnoxious enough that you want to say, Oh man, I hate this guy, but he just sort of gets worms his way into your heart at the same time. Anyway. <laughs> but he's knocking on the dar- the TARDIS door because he's looking for the surgeon. Uh, of yeah. course, the doctor assumes that means him. And goes <laughs> off with Nardole to... Are you
1: the surgeon?
0: Close enough. <laughs> close, close enough. <laughs> but uh, he takes the doctor to this crashed red flying saucer that is sitting outside of town. And who walks down the landing ramp of this uh, saucer awaiting the surgeon's uh, arrival but river song in a very uh, Christmassy uh, cloak I must say
1: the hood was so big on this thing that it literally covered everything but her chin you know she had to be looking at the ground in order to keep from tripping (laughs) And um, the hood was bigger than her
0: hair, which is an accomplishment, uh, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) She shows up, and the doctor immediately recognizes her, but she does not recognize him, which he's a little surprised at. And he keeps trying to give hints as to who he is, and she's completely oblivious (laughs) to
1: them, which was really funny. (laughs) He even says, I'm the doctor. Well, you better be. You you better be. I've got your patient
0: inside. Uh, And he just sort of blinks as she walks back up the ramp. It turns Uh. out the patient is her husband, which also caused the doctor to pause. (laughs) And this husband of hers is King Hydroflax, uh, who is in this gigantic... Uh, body armor, red body armor, I must say. And it turns out that Hydroflax has some sort of projectile wedged into his head that is burrowing towards his brain. Of course, this projectile just happens to be the most expensive diamond in the universe, but that's just a minor, you know, point of he this whole Get in holster. there
1: via an explosion, right?
0: Yes. Uh, he, the doctor, asks, "How did it get in there?" And the river's river's answer was at speed. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> that does not clear things up, but the river is, you know, fawning over King Hydroflax as he lays on the operating table and speaks yeah. to the assembled masses via, you know, cameras that are peering into the operating room from across the galaxy and she proclaims that the surgeon is going to solve all their problems and save King Hydroflax, her husband. Oh, <laughs> it's so wonderful. <laughs> the doctor turns to Nardo and says, this may seem like a bad question at the time, but you really think I'm a surgeon? <laughs> and Nardo goes... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the doctor and River go back To discuss the operation. And she's explaining everything about this diamond. Turns out she just wants his head. (laughs) I thought he was your husband. I married the diamond, basically. (laughs) You know, she explains that Hydroflax is this butcher who eats his enemies, dead or alive, at the end of every victory. You know, he's a horrible, horrible man. And she's only after the diamond for... The Halassi, to return it to the Halassi vaults, and...
1: The universe would be a better place without him. Basically. Right.
0: And so even if she had a conscience, this wouldn't weigh on it at all. And so she turns to him and says, Can you do it? Can you remove his head? And the doctor hems and haws long enough so that Hydroflax <laughs> walks in and has overheard way too much of that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> says, If you had wanted my head why didn't you just ask? And his uh, mechanical (laughs) body takes his head, gives it a nice solid twist, pops it off and sets it on the table. Yeah. And he starts, you know, (laughs) interrogating them from the table. (laughs)
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, see, I started noticing within this the more she doted over her so-called husband, Mm -hmm. the more the doctor started looking at her like, I don't know if I can trust her to be honest with me. You know? (laughs) You know, he, he looked at her like, has everything that she said to me up to this point been just another lie? Like what he's telling, like, you know, like what she's telling him, you know? Right. And, and I almost started wondering that myself, you know, because I had never seen this aspect of her. I had seen her do other things similar to this, but not to this extent.
0: I mean, I, I didn't doubt that she truly loved the doctor. Um, and that what she said wasn't a lie to him, but I could totally see where the doctor would start questioning yeah. that. Of course, Hydroflax's body has a mind of its own. It's onboard computer, is, you know, runs it. And when the doctor and River decide to take the head, the still alive, <laughs> breathing, and talking head, with them in order to retrieve the diamond at a later point, the body tries to intervene. They get into a stalemate... Involving yeah. the Doctor uh, Rivers Sonic Trowel, which was a bit ridiculous, which the,
1: which the Doctor said was absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> and I agreed. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm surprised I'm she a, didn't come back and say, "Well, you have a sonic screwdriver, you know." <laughs> well, she didn't know that he was
0: the Doctor at that point, so uh, it was it was really funny because she goes, "I'm an archaeologist. See, I have a trowel." I was like. That line for some reason cracked me up, and I, I have no idea why. it just hernacular. see, I have a trowel and then she start, she starts using it like it's like, okay. It was humorous. Um, of course, the river's got a backup plan and has uh, Ramon, who is another one of her accomplices here, teleport them out and away from the ship. Uh, Of course, he can never get the height right and they fall you know, about six inches to the ground (laughs) on their back with Hydroflax's head in a bag and it's threatening them and the doctor is laying on his back in the snow.
1: We get to see the doctor laugh!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he just starts cracking up (laughs) because they're being threatened by a head in a bag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a... Which is a really funny situation. It was joyous to see Capaldi just let go and just laugh. It really you know? was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you got to the end of his laughter and you realized how much the doctor really needed that. <laughs> the doctor really needed a good laugh.
1: Well, it um, it, had, it says something about his interaction with with River too. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, Ramon shows up, and it turns out.
0: He's River's husband as well. So now we have the doctor, we have (laughs) Hydroflax, and we have Ramon. River is standing there in the snow with three of her husbands, one of which she doesn't actually realize is there. Now, the reason why they have crashed the uh, Hydroflax's saucer in this area is because they are looking for Damsel, who has uh, been sighted in the area. Ramon pulls out the basically the the wallet photos of Damsel because he's got 12 faces and they all fold (laughs) out and you get to see each one of the doctor's faces on this, uh, (laughs) these wallet photos.
1: All except for Capaldi's face.
0: Right. And the the doctor grabs, uh, Matt Smith's face and turns it over to look and see if there's his on the back and it's not. Um, and he just sort of like (laughs) shrugs. (laughs) <laughs> so he decides to start playing along that he's not actually the doctor he he keeps drop he keeps dropping hints that he's the doctor and he goes what if he has another face that you didn't know about she goes impossible <laughs> even he has
1: his limits and he just sort of like looks at her like really well she doesn't know about him being given more regenerations true so. true ramon has not found damsel Uh, But they did find
0: his TARDIS. And so uh, River takes off for the TARDIS because she needs time travel in order to uh, deal with the diamond in the head. Um, (laughs) And the doctor's like, well, I mean, won't he notice if if you've taken it? You can't just take his TARDIS, his box. Won't he notice? And she goes, he hasn't ever before. How many
1: times do you think she's taken it and brought it back and he's never realized it? (laughs) It makes you wonder. Doesn't it? There should be some filler episodes in there now. (laughs) Oh.
0: All those times where the TARDIS just randomly dematerializes and goes somewhere else?
1: That was (laughs) really Or all the times that the doctor thinks he's called it back to him or whatever. <laughs> that That's was River. river. <laughs> oh, man.
0: <laughs> and he just sort of looks at her like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, Well, <laughs> oh, maybe he'll notice this time. And she's like, not likely. <laughs> and she sends Ramon off to go find Nardle and has... The surgeon come in to the TARDIS with her to take care of the head, and as he's walking up to the, the TARDIS door, she pops her head back out and goes, "Oh, uh, you might want to prepare yourself for a shock. It's not as <laughs> snug as you might think." <laughs> and she does, you know, you know, ducks back into the TARDIS, and he sort of like has a moment to himself, and he goes, "Finally," and Ramon goes, "I'm sorry." It's my turn. (laughs) And he gets to step into the TARDIS. And he goes on about, oh, my goodness. It's bigger on the inside. My perception of physics and the world is completely transformed. And he goes on this melodramatic. My entire
1: idea of reality has been changed. (laughs) Has been changed Forever. (laughs) and he's like basically he was doing to her what she was doing earlier with the subjects for the king
0: (laughs) oh yes and he finally gets to do what every one of his companions has done uh you know with the targets he finally gets to do it right which (laughs) I'm not entirely certain he did get it right, but it was funny anyways. <laughs> he enjoyed it. <laughs> he did. He did. It also turns out that in the midst of uh, absconding with his TARDIS at uh, random times, River has also installed a little mini bar, uh in one of the roundels. She walks <laughs> over... She walks over, opens up a roundel, and pulls out, you know, a glass of, of, of whiskey or something. He's, uh, he's looking
1: at it like, how did I not know that was there? <laughs> oh. It was so funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, she already acts like he doesn't know how to drive it. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: She's acting like it's her TARDIS almost, and that she has to do all the
1: explaining. But it was kind of funny though. She starts change. She 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 starts messing with the control panel and everything, and he's standing over her shoulder and he's going, No, don't 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 press. No, no, that doesn't do that. No, no, wait, <laughs> you know, right. because this one's different from the way she, that it was the last time she was in it. Right, and he goes, Don't no, don't <laughs> do
0: that one. Do these ones. I'm gonna do
1: those. <laughs> because that's the right one.
0: No. That evacuates the waste disposal on deck seven. <laughs> and he sort of looks back towards the camera and goes, he goes, I better avoid deck seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, like, like he's been doing that the entire time, you know, <laughs> but they tried and take off and the TARDIS won't. Something is wrong. And of course the doctor has to figure it out for her, but has to do it in a way that is plausible for someone who has no idea what's going on. Okay. Um, it turns out that they can't leave because the head and the body are registering as one person still, but there's the person is both in and outside of the TARDIS. So it
1: so, registers as if the door was still open and they're standing in the doorway. Right. So it's
0: it the door won't engage closed all the way and it won't encapsulate the everything and allow them to leave of course this is when we get a knock at the door <laughs> let us rewind <laughs> as soon as uh the doctor <laughs> and river teleported out of the saucer the Uh, Onboard computer for Hydroflax's Armored body Goes and finds poor little Nardle Yeah (laughs) And interrogates him for information And Nardle says I'll tell you everything You know Uh, (laughs) And I'll even write it down If you want That will not be necessary You will be uploaded (laughs) What? Oh dear Um Of course, course, that's when uh, we find out later, after Ramon has dropped the Doctor and River off of the TARDIS, Nardole is calling to him from a back alleyway. Nardole's in trouble. He's not making much sense. As soon as Ramon finds Nardole, we see his head attached to the giant (laughs) mechanical body with an enormous gun pointed at it. (laughs) The body is not taking no for an answer. And then, of course, we come back to the knock at the door. Ramon's head is now on. Has, has, Ramon has a message for River Song. She opens the door, and Ramon is in tears saying, You're gonna die! <laughs> and because, oh, hello, there's the body, with Ramon's head on it now. In the ensuing chaos... Uh, the body manages to squeeze its way inside the TARDIS. How it got through those doors, I'm not entirely certain, but it did. But, and the doctor manages to close the TARDIS doors behind them, <clears throat> thus engaging the engines that were already trying to depart, and the TARDIS takes off. <laughs> In the confusion, River and the doctor are able to grab the head and dash out of the TARDIS as soon as it lands, locking the door, well, closing the door behind them, And they've ended up inside a, uh, basically, a luggage hold of an intergalactic uh, space cruise liner. It's the love boat in space. (laughs) (laughs) River meets the maitre d' of of the starship Harmony and Redemption, uh, whose name is Fleming, and asks him to deadlock seal the baggage hold in order to prevent Hydroflex's body from getting out
1: see i like the fact that we had actual aliens again in this as opposed to everybody being human
0: yeah it was nice there were some rather bizarre aliens in this uh, fleming was funny well <laughs> i say funny he was interesting river asks how are the kids and he goes oh very good thank you for asking still digesting their mother there were tears just <laughs> screaming <laughs> And he says it like it's the most wonderful thing in the world.
1: <laughs> oh, he's like he's like Tim Curry from uh, uh, the movie Clue, <laughs> where he plays the butler.
0: I have not seen that.
1: You need to see that movie. Is that based
0: on the board game?
1: It's based on the board game. I
0: need to see that. <laughs> With Tim Curry as the butler?
1: Yeah, he's like, he, he reminded me of Tim Curry as the butler in Clue. Uh, because he played it just a hair over the top, you know how Tim Curry can how Tim Curry can do that oh, and yeah. get get away with it, you know.
0: Yes, yes, just like his Long John Silver in um, the Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, I love that movie, by the way. He, he
1: knows how to play it just a hair over the top without taking it too far, you know.
0: Exactly. Now,
1: it turns out that River has a.
0: Alternative plans to the ones that she told the doctor what she was going to do with the diamond. She's actually going to auction it off uh, to a buyer named Scratch. Who has uh, decided to meet them here on the starship Harmony and Redemption. Which is actually filled with all sorts of criminal elements. Um, Everyone on board has to have some sort of genocidal bent. Uh, a certain body count, I believe, and everyone on the staff also has to be uh, homicidal as well.
1: It's um, like uh, it's like like Jabba's palace, a bit, yeah. Only not so dirty, right? And right. Dark. It's very clean and
0: pristine, <laughs> with the the air of sophistication about the place. Uh, the starship Harmony and Redemption, full of you know murderers and genocidal maniacs.
1: Yeah, the irony of the name is just you know it's not lost on me no <laughs> well the doctor and river
0: go to have a seat at dinner while they await their buyer to show up first the doctor is almost prepared for river's dinner and then she clears things up and says no he'll be joining me in eating dinner um
1: <laughs> and... they asked they asked how she wanted him prepared <laughs> <laughs> And Fleming goes, oh, oh, thank you for clearing
0: that up, because I was about to suggest (laughs) force-feeding. Meaning that the doctor is too skinny. Um... (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, The head at this point has gone back to sleep. Well, not quite. As they're walking to the table, uh, Hydroflax's head is yelling, you know, at them, and the doctor insists it's his stomach. (laughs) Which is funny, because it then says, I will wreak you know, re- most horrible revenge upon you. It's had a bad day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny how they put it down in the floor, and, and when he started to say something again, she kicked him under the table. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: And uh, Flax's head went back to sleep after that. So we were able to get this nice little scene. As they wait for their buyer to show up with, uh, River reading her diary. And yes, the diary that we have seen River with. Mm
1: -hmm. Was a gift from the doctor, right?
0: Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw that, didn't we? Yeah. Back in Let's Kill Hitler,
1: I think? Uh, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Um. I found it interesting that she said it was given to her by a man who knew exactly how long a diary needed to be, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> indicating that she knew her time was probably growing short right uh,
0: she gives that answer when the doctor asks if it's if it's sad. she goes, You know why would you say it's sad because I can tell you know you're she admits it's almost over and he goes so and that's when she gives the answer about the man who gave this to me is the sort of man who would know just how long a diary would need so she's
1: she's getting a little sad about the situation and of course the, the irony of that statement is you have a bootstrap paradox there because he saw the diary before he ever got it for her Exactly. So he, he already knew. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how long of a diary she needed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but uh <laughs> he seems to be on the verge of of trying to reveal who he really is to her when their buyer shows up. And he is a, a rather pale and unpleasant man, uh this scratch.
1: And This dude was creepy. I'm sorry. Yes, (laughs) he was.
0: Because there's, you know, this great jagged scar that, you know, goes diagonally across his face and over his entire head. He's completely bald, by the way. And it turns out that when River asks for proof of payment, he sort of runs his hand along the scar and then digs his fingers into his head, opens the head along that scar line, and reaches into his brain, pulls out this little orb, hands it to River, and then shoves his head back together.
1: Okay, you remember those cans that you used to get when you were a kid that had this slime in them? And you could pull the slime out and it had that really rubbery kind of icky consistency? Yes. That is the texture that that head reminded me of when he... Just slid it apart, you know. It, it was literally like slurp, and I was like, I think I'm going to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> and, the doctor says, and the doctor says, you probably shouldn't do
0: that at the table.
1: <laughs> you know? or, some, or something to that effect. He had the look on his face like, I think I'm going to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, he said, I don't think I'm ordering food anymore. Uh, <laughs>
0: And it was so gross because when he puts the little orb into the the napkin that River has extended it to, extended to him, because she's not touching it directly. Uh, when he pulls his fingers away, there's still the slime that comes off his fingers. Yes. And it's just sort of like... <laughs> it's so gross. It's so it, gross. And then he's sort of like a giant pink booger. <laughs> you know. And then he just, you know... You know shoves his face back together, and he just sort of
1: you know gives this uncomfortable little shake, and then he's good. It was kind of like the ectoplasm in in Ghostbusters, <laughs> you know <laughs> it was just so
0: gross <laughs> so gross now, what this little orb does is it taps into just about all the banks everywhere, and she can siphon off the money that she wants for the job which is a billion dollars or a billion credits uh, oh is that his... all i think it was i think <laughs> that was all and it turns out that this Two guy's <laughs> yes this, this guy's scratch uh has actually filled the dining hall with the people from his school as in like a school of fish not like a, a college or anything
1: Everybody has that scar Across the face <laughs> Everyone in the dining room has that scar Across their
0: face yeah. And <laughs> They all just start looking Right at them And they, they they Start the bidding They agree to the terms And River pulls the bag out In order to display everything And you know tell them where the diamond is And Scratch stands up and proclaims that they have acquired this diamond for the glory of their wonderful leader who visited their planet so long ago, King Hydroflax. (laughs) And you can hear the record scratch. (laughs) And everyone in the dining room starts chanting, Hydroflax, Hydroflax. And River just sort of nonchalantly zips the
1: bag (laughs) back up, and... She and the doctor look at each other like, We're gonna get lynched, you know this.
0: (laughs) This is not good. This is very ungood. Um, (laughs) And Scratch notices the hesitation. He's like, what's wrong? And, oh, we just have to check a, a thing. (laughs) <laughs> yes, the thing. That's what we have to do. And the doctor's like, okay, fine. Finally, the doctor's like, okay, I can't just stand by. He literally says, I can't stand by any longer. I need to intervene. And he grabs the bag and starts this whole great spiel about the truly devout and what they will do. And he produces the head of Hydroflax. And... <laughs> Plunks it on the table and says, who among you is truly devout? Let us start the bidding at $2 (laughs) And Scratch is like, this is, you know, this is a desecration of his honor. And the (laughs) doctor doesn't take no for an answer and immediately, you know, says that someone has bid two and someone two and a half over there. And, you know. and scratches, not having any of it. And he goes, "Oh, really fine. Let's go ahead and see what your ruler has to say." And he stabs the back of Hydroflax's head with a fork, causing it to scream and wake up. Um, <laughs> causing all of the school to bow down before it, yep. and the doctor and River begin to run out the door.
1: Did you get just a hint of Sylvester McCoy in this part? Uh, just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he sort
0: of you know <laughs> performs to the crowd right uh, is definitely <laughs> definitely a bit of sylvester mccoy there um if you're wondering what we're talking about you really should see uh the oh, what's it called the one with the circus it's right over there and i can't see the title greatest circus in the galaxy i believe is what it was called
1: i still have to watch that one
0: Uh, He actually does some magic tricks. The doctor knows magic. Of course, unbeknownst to the doctor and river, during this time, the body of Hydroflax is using, I forget if it, I think it's Ramon's head to try Mm -hmm. and talk the maitre d' and butler to undeadlock seal the baggage hold and let (laughs) him out.
1: It's kind of funny, though, because you hear the voice from inside the chest say, Can I come out for a little while? It's really stuffy in here. <laughs> Nardole is still inside.
0: Uh, of course, once Fleming goes to open the door, the body is about to take his head and add it to his you know, collection, basically. And Fleming says, Oh, wait. I, If you let me live, I will give you the greatest head you could ever want. And we're like, what? What is this? What does he know? <laughs> and so as the Doctor and River are using the bowing crowd as their opportunity to escape, what happens? In walks the body, led by Fleming. And in the chaos that ensues, both the Doctor and River are captured. <laughs> Of course, you know. Uh, the, the body goes to check on Hydroflax's head. And before he puts Hydroflax's head back on the body, he does a scan. The projectile has moved closer to your brain. I estimate only seven minutes left living, you know. <laughs> and Hydroflax says, I refuse. You know, he's <laughs> refusing to die. Uh, do whatever you can to... Uh, To save me. And the body goes, okay, you need a new head. (laughs) What? (laughs) All of a sudden, Hydroflax's head gets disintegrated. And there's a pile of ash and dust left on the table with the diamond just sitting there. River, of course, (laughs) turns to the guard holding her arm and says wouldn't mind just grabbing that for me, would you?
1: <laughs> I love River. <laughs> oh, she's great.
0: She's great. Um, of course, this is where Fleming comes in. His part of the bargain with the the body uh, comes into play. He snatches River Song's diary from her, and begins to. You know, and says that this is a list, a um, treasure map to the greatest head you will ever need, the head of the Time Lord known as the Doctor. And he starts pawing through the pages of River's diary, <laughs> reading off the different adventures. Oh, and it seems you have just come from Manhattan. Where is that? You know,
1: <laughs> what planet is that? What planet is that?
0: <laughs> The head goes, enough of this. Tell me what you're getting at. And Fleming goes, use River Song as bait. Because whenever she's in trouble, the doctor will come running. And River says, you know, goes into this whole impassioned speech about how the doctor will never come for her. The doctor doesn't love her. And Fleming goes, but you are the known consort of the doctor, you know, which, of course, Nardole has to uh, corroborate.
1: He says, "You are the one that loves the doctor," and she says, "Yes, I never denied that." You know. But who says he loved me back?
0: Which, of course, <clears throat> causes Fleming to gulp. Uh, and then this is when she goes on her impassioned speech about uh, loving a monolith, and you can't expect a monolith to love you back, and all this sort of thing. And the whole the doctor time will... she's
1: saying this, Capaldi is looking at her. As if he has never been in love with anyone so much in his entire life.
0: Right. <laughs> and he kept comes and stands right next to her in a river. She goes, what? what? What do you want? And she, you know, just at the end of her very impassioned, beautiful speech, she looks at him and he just sort of smiles sadly and says, Hello, sweetie. <laughs> which you know nearly
1: <laughs> causes river to to lose her composure well, that's the only time you hear him turn that back on her yes <laughs> and uh river realizes
0: that the doctor's been with her the whole time and <laughs> they they start very quietly trying to figure out a way out of this Um, and being from the future has given River a bit of an advantage in this situation because she knows that a meteor strike is about to hit this ship so the doctor and she are positioned absolutely perfectly for said meteor strike and it hits and they fall through the floor and decide that they need to take care of stuff there you know river dashes off to the com- the uh the cockpit to try and you know keep the ship from crashing and the doctor says that he's going to deal with the robot you forget
1: the funny part what did i forget the funny part. <laughs> where he goes to uh start talking about this is the doctor and she stops him and says be quiet mommy and daddy are talking <laughs> <laughs> where's the doctor
0: you know where the doctor is right mommy and daddy are talking <laughs> yes fleming fleming will never see his uh kids finish digesting her their mother um
1: she said she had already seen him in the future well yes or, uh, uh, his dead skeleton well <laughs> him or the the ship
0: as it were She goes, I'm an archaeologist. I dug you up. Yeah. Just as she finishes that statement, slam goes the meteor strike into the side of the ship. Uh, Chaos ensues. The Criminals start heading for the escape pods, like all criminal cowards do, including the staff, which completely abandons ship. River manages to snag the diamond on their way out. And the body continues to pursue them. Which is why the Doctor has to deal with it, and River tries to save the ship. Now, the Doctor, in dealing with it, takes the little bank sphere that was given to River, activates it, sticks it on the little peg where a head would go, causing all of the firewalls of the banks to start arguing in this robot's head which I thought was clever uh, which caused and, it
1: to basically shut down
0: yeah it overloaded and shut down and the computer no longer functions as a, a separate entity the doctor and River both try to get each other off the ship while they save it and they realize that they are crashing onto Deryllium planet of the singing towers and River says I always wanted to go to the singing towers and you always said you were going to take me but you always canceled at the last minute uh, the doctor makes a quip
1: I'd like to cancel this trip now you know <laughs> of course this is a direct callback to the story she told him in the library about <clears throat> their last night together Right? said that that is where he took her to dinner on their last night together yes now they both realize well
0: maybe we should just let the ship fall it's no big waste anybody that survives won't be a big deal if they die because they're horrible people anyways uh (laughs) and they both dash into the tardis moments before the ship just nosedives into the surface of Derrillium, causing of course the tardis to you know Take a wonderful tumble that knocks them both out. Uh, The doctor comes to well before River does. Picks up the diamond and walks outside. Well, opens the door. Sees that the ship is still burning around them. Closes the door. Fast forwards time to the next morning. And then goes outside. To survey the damage. And a a rescue person is there. And he's trying to find survivors. The doctor says it's not a big deal but you know you should open a restaurant here in front of the towers. You have a wonderful idea. And the the guy says, "Well, cost a lot of money to do that." <laughs> Dr. Handsome the diamond says, "I think you'll find the reward for this uh, substantial enough." <laughs> and then he goes back inside the TARDIS. Fast forward another several years to when the restaurant is built at the base of the towers. <laughs> walks up to the uh reservation desk and asks for a reservation she says i'm sorry my next reservation will be christmas night in four years time doctor says not a problem that's a long
1: reservation
0: (laughs) i hear some restaurants are like that though um maybe not quite that bad but i hear some restaurants are are like that but the doctor says not a problem of course he goes back into the tardis And fast-forwards four years to Christmas night. By this time, River has woken up and she wanders outside the TARDIS. Uh, The receptionist greets her and says, The doctor is waiting for you. She gets dressed up a little bit more.
1: What did you think about that spritz uh, bottle that she had that would literally change her clothes? It was so River. She used it twice. She did. To change clothes.
0: Yes, from her, you know, archaeologist running around gear to the dress that she wore on the uh, starliner. Right. And then from the dress she wore on the starliner to a much nicer dress for dinner at this restaurant on Deryllium. It was just so River, that little spritz. It was something that I (laughs) felt like was not a normal thing, but it was something that River would find because... She wants to look her best, but doesn't want to take the time to, you know, go fix her hair.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, those those are the kind of touches that remind me of um, the stuff with Douglas Adams, um, you know, because it, it has that hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy feel to it. You know, it's just absurd enough, but it still feels like it stays in universe, you know. Uh, And I thought it really was an interesting little touch. The interesting thing, of course, is
0: they've got the best table in the restaurant, which is on the balcony. And it looks to be a private balcony. On her way to the table on the balcony, River runs across Ramon. Well, at least his head sitting atop the uh, robot body. uh, He explains uh, the pulled the body and them outside of the you know out of the wreckage of the crashed ship them of course being ramon's head and nardole's head which we can hear talking from inside the the body he's trying to have some me time at the moment which uh river imagines is difficult
1: such a funny character (laughs) i love nardole (laughs) so
0: great (laughs) <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, Ramona and Nardle are, are essentially waiters now at this restaurant. So. <laughs> but that is then when the doctor appears in a new suit with a new haircut. And he presents her with a gift. The sonic screw- screwdriver that she gets and uses in silence in the library yeah. in The Force of the Dead. And see, you... you you know, surmise that this would be what we got, mm-hmm. uh, that we would get this this episode where she got the, the sonic screwdriver, because we hadn't seen it yet.
1: I I just assumed that it would be coming soon. If we didn't get it this time, but I I kind of thought we would, might get it this time. But when we started out where we started from, I didn't see it ending up in this scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was. Like it ran the full gambit of the you know possible storytelling with these two characters all in one episode. Yeah,
0: really. <laughs> because we've had such a fun episode so far with the touching moment uh, when River realizes that who the Doctor really is. Uh, it's been such a an adventure-filled episode. And we finally sort of get to settle down and have a very dramatic sweet and sad scene here uh between Mm -hmm. the doctor and river because you know he's sad and she's sad he's sad because he knows what's coming she's sad because her diary is almost full and there she's looked them up before which the doctor says is a bad thing to do he she shouldn't do that and she said there's stories about us that the last time we meet is in front of the singing towers at daryllium it's their final night together the doctor only responds by saying spoilers
1: Now this is at the point where she starts talking about the meaning of happily ever after right
0: right he says you know he's very sad because there's no happily ever after not for him anyways because you know happily ever after it means forever and River says, no, it doesn't mean
1: forever. It just means time. What did you think about that? I thought it meant, I thought she was implying that you make the time you have your happily ever after. You know, yeah. you, whatever you have allotted to you, you can make that your happily ever after. You know, you don't have to have forever to be able to feel like you've had forever, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
0: That's a really good way of putting that.
1: Well, you know, I, I tend to be a hopeless, a hopeless romantic, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the last bit here further backs up that point, because River asks, if this is to be our last night together, how long does a night on Daryllium last? doctor says 24 years
1: (laughs) (laughs) she looks at him and she says i hate you (laughs) and he says no you don't
0: (laughs) and then they just sort of you know she rests her head on his shoulder he rests his head on her head and they look out at the towers and we fade to a black screen with the words and they both lived happily ever after and then little by little it goes to and they both lived happily and then just happily and then it fades away completely and that was the end of the episode yeah it was a really sweet way to wrap that up
1: it was happy and yet melancholy at the same time yeah you no know, it was it was almost the epitome of mixed emotion oh yeah oh yeah
0: and of course you know after seeing this episode i needed to remind myself of everything that river mentioned about their final meeting when she talks to the 10th doctor back in silence in the library and the forest of the dead and so i immediately went back well not immediately but i did go back and i watched those two episodes and oh my gosh her last scene mm-hmm. where she's saying goodbye to him i am not one to cry when watching movies and i TV
1: did I'm, I'm gonna I be am, honest i, I am did. not one to cry
0: <laughs> i'm sitting in my bed watching this on my phone on my netflix app now granted I had not slept very well the last day, couple days before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as the music swells and River does that, you know, heroically sacrificial thing at the very end of Forest of the Dead, tears fell from my face onto my bed. It has been... I don't think I've ever had that visceral of a reaction to Doctor Who.
1: Well, you, you, or
0: just about anything. You've, like you've seen all
1: of their history together at this point. And to see how that culminates into that one final scene, I couldn't hold it back myself. <laughs> I literally was like sniffling and snorting all over myself. I'm sorry. I <laughs> You know, I'm a big burly dude with a big thick beard and I squalled like a little girl. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, and make fun. <laughs> oh, man. But it was the
0: the way that they, and I'm using this term very loosely, the way that they wrapped up River's storyline with this, because, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute here, uh, with this episode and how it connected back to her first appearance in the series
1: mm-hmm. makes
0: every rewatch of Silence in the Library and The Forest of the Dead... That much more powerful, that much more impactful, and that much more sad and happy when he saves her. When No, when he saves her is when I started bawling. When I watched this, when he runs back and he takes that sonic screwdriver and plugs it into the computer, that was when the tears fell.
1: I have a challenge. Um, Okay. Once we finished our Dalek episodes, which will be a little while, Yes. Before we go to our next series of uh, either the Master or the Cybermen or whatever, let's do all of the River episodes in River's timeline order.
0: Ooh. Well, if we do a River companion episode, I think we should follow her timeline. Hmm, we've got options here, folks, and we've got a <laughs> while before we have to make a decision on those, so we'll see what happens give but us your feedback
1: could, yeah what would <laughs> you like what you to think. see you know do you want us to do one companion episode do you want us to do multiple episodes based on river's timeline right yeah let us know let us know that would be interesting
0: but of course there's always the question is this really the end of our seeing river song on the tv show do you think this is it do you think that they'll bring her back at all? Or do you think they're going to, they're trying to wrap up her storyline before Moffitt leaves?
1: Well, okay. I know how Moffitt works and I've heard him say on more than one interview that he likes to wrap up a character's story arc before they stop looking like their character. And, and that's his nice way of saying before they get too old to be believable in the role, mm-hmm. you know, And that's the reason why he has purposefully not brought back previous incarnations of the doctors is because he only wants to have them on the show if they still look the way they did when they were in the show originally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he wants it to be timeless. And so I think that's sort of his thought process with this is If he goes ahead and wraps up her story arc in a nice little bow, then they can do all the audio episodes they want and it won't matter. Right.
0: And we know we're getting River Song in Big Finish. Right. We've got a couple planned Mm -hmm. already. I know we've got uh, one that's... Uh, specifically, a River Song story right. where she runs across the Eighth Doctor. And I think we've also got an Eighth Doctor story where she sort of shows up in there. I heard least. a
1: rumor that she was supposed to be showing up at some point with the Sixth Doctor, but I'm not sure. I th- th- think I heard that as well. You know, I'm not sure exactly what the details are on that. Uh, it's just a rumor at this point, as far as I know.
0: Yeah. But, you know, the. They have said that Alex Kingston has signed on with Big Finish to do River Song episodes. And so we we may have seen The Last of River Song, but we definitely haven't heard The Last of River Song. Right. Uh, and I think if they do bring her back, it will have to be a very special occasion, some sort of big you know, anniversary episode of some sort where they bring back a whole bunch of people. Um, and it has to be meaningful in the way that they bring her back. But otherwise, I'm not sure I want to see her back after this because <laughs> well, the way that the story just sort of wrapped up so wonderfully right now.
1: I wouldn't mind seeing like a spinoff episode. And what I mean by that is it would still be in canon, it would still be Doctor Who. But instead of being in the timeline, say, of Capaldi's Doctor or whatever. They could throw her back to, say, Paul McGann's Doctor and just do a River episode where she runs into Paul McGann on screen, you know, because he still looks like the Doctor at this point,
0: you know. Particularly the way they had him portrayed in the Exactly, exactly.
1: You know, so they could still do something like that. And it would be it would still be a Doctor episode. It would still be. In canon and the whole nine yards, it just would not be in current chronology. It would be like a flashback episode or something. I, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that, you know, <laughs> uh, especially yeah. since he's gotten such a small amount of screen time. you know.
0: Right. I, I Like you, I would have loved more screen time from Paul McGann. However, uh, there's a reason why he is the uh, most... Rec- Recorded a Doctor in Big Finish. Right. <laughs> because he had so little screen time. So, uh, He's... we do know we're getting Paul McGann and River Song together in Big Finish, like we were saying. But
1: He's got an entire uh, story arc, or I should say character arc, in the big Big Finish stories that span from the movie up until... The 50th anniversary episode you know there's there's an entire character arc there
0: oh yeah and i think they're finally getting the point where they're thinking about wrapping up his stories i think for the most part they've uh they've found the end point for the sixth doctor Mm -hmm. uh, at least the farthest that they will go in his timeline because they have either have or are in the process of recording his regeneration episode what happens right before right uh the first episode of sylvester mccoy uh his, sylvester mccoy's season i don't know that, that some of the classic doctors i feel are are probably going to start getting phased out especially now that they're going to start doing david tennant episodes right. and uh has eccleston signed on with big finish yet i don't, I, remember.
1: I don't think so um <laughs> i know that um, Tom Baker finally is. Uh, oh, yeah. No, you know, they're,
0: they're using, um, they're churning out Fourth Doctor episodes like crazy <laughs> now.
1: Um, I just well, wish I had the money and time to start, he still you know, has the, into Big He still has the iconic voice. I mean, that's not changed at all. No. No. Would you like a jelly, baby?
0: <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh i love i love tom baker
1: um
0: all right happy new year folks uh this episode is being recorded new year's eve uh so this will be our first episode of january we were not able to get it out before the first of the year sorry um and we may have a week off um if things if all things go well i will be having next weekend at disneyland and so we will not be recording um but he's abandoning me (laughs) (laughs) but never fear our next episode whenever we do record that it will be before the end of the month don't worry uh, will be our series nine wrap-up show and we've got a couple of options for guests that we want to get on and talk about uh all of series nine as a whole uh including uh from the magician's apprentice through the husbands of river
1: song basically so just given our thoughts and uh our, our feelings about how we thought the entire season went as a whole, you know? Yeah. And, and we'd like your thoughts on
0: this too. So give us your thoughts on, uh, your overall impressions of series nine, what you liked, what you didn't like, how you felt it fit together as a whole, Did you like all of the two-parters, or were you finding them annoying like my mom does? My mom hates two-parters because (laughs) it ends at a cliffhanger, and she
1: can't stand waiting. Um, Oh, she must have loved the three-parter then. (laughs) uh, No, she hated
0: the fact that there was a (laughs) three-parter. Anyway, she's always hated that with everything. She hates the fact that TV shows end on a cliffhanger for the season, and you don't get the resolution until the next year. Uh, she hates that trend. But anyway, let us know what you felt about Series 9. Um, very interested to see what y'all think. Of course, you can do that on Facebook, facebook.com slash TalkingTimeLords. You can tweet us at at TalkingTimeLord or email your thoughts if it's a little bit longer to our email address which is TalkingTimeLords at gmail.com All that information as long as all of our previous episodes are also available on our website, which is TalkingTimeLords.com. Also, please, if you do like the show, uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that, and we will even read it on the air. So.
1: And guys, don't wait for us to make a post. You guys, you guys can give us your feedback anytime you want to through any of our, our different uh, channels. Indeed. Indeed. Well, um we
0: forgot to rate this episode. Uh, how many, how many heads would you rate the husbands?
1: <laughs> would you rate the husbands of River Song? Out of ten uh, heads. Out of ten heads, I'm gonna say an eight. An eight? I'm gonna say an eight, because okay. I really like this episode. It was a refreshing change of pace. We've had
0: such dramatic and dark and sad episodes to wrap up this season you know the last three in particular uh it was such a nice change of pace to have a happy episode and sort of a happily ever after sort of ending uh that i love this episode i I think i think eight's a good number for me as well it was just Really nice to have a change of pace and get back to sort of a more adventure-y happy, uh fun episode of Doctor Who. And it was really nice to see Peter Capaldi smile, laugh, and I have know, a, right? a grand a grand old time, uh, rather than just, you know, having those angry eyebrows and those sad poignant expressions that the the wrinkles and angles on his face are so, you know, chiseled for.
1: Now don't um, get me wrong, I like the grumpy Capaldi too. But I do like it sometimes when he can be a little whimsical, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'd like to see
0: a little bit more whimsy next season, I think. Um, Well, we got a little bit of that
1: this season, you know.
0: Yeah. Not too much. Not too much because, you know, too much happy on Capaldi's face might break TVs. Um, (laughs) But... But I I do think a little little more whimsy, a a dash more whimsy every so often, I think would be good for uh, the soul of Doctor Who. I don't know. Anyways, I was going somewhere with that and my simile completely fell apart. (laughs) Um, Anything else
1: before we wrap up this episode, Paul? Don't forget to tell your friends about us. And if you're feeling generous... Gonna ask again. Check out our Patreon uh page and think about donating a little something, even if it's just fifty cents, you know, it helps.
0: Yep. Uh supporting uh Thunder Quack Podcast Network, of which we are a part of, uh as you hear at the beginning and end of every show. So um yeah. I think that's it. We uh, while this the series of doctor who may be taking a hiatus until next season uh we will not we will be recording throughout the year as we have said we'll be getting back to our dalek episode reviews our next episode like we said is our uh series nine wrap-up then is our sarah jane episode that we've been promising for way too long (laughs) and then we'll get back into our dalek episode reviews with day of the daleks starring john pertwee as the third doctor yes
1: I can't so, wait. <laughs> I was
0: so excited.
1: I about like this. the Third Doctor. He's awesome. He's, he's <laughs> growing on me. I'm actually reading uh, a Third Doctor book right now. I think it's, it's his swagger that I like. It's just something about the little cocky grin that he gets and stuff. Flamboyant you know? nature. He's just <laughs> showy. I mean,
0: they've made fun of. Peter Capaldi being a bit of a magician in the way he dresses, yeah, dresses, yeah, dresses, <laughs> um, and he's got nothing on John Pertwee in the magician uh, performer department.
1: <laughs> I still, have you seen his
0: cape? <laughs> I
1: have, and it's awesome. <laughs> so. I still think that his son could pull off a Third Doctor reprisal at some point. I think that would be so cool. It would be so cool if You've we seen get, you've seen Sean Pertwee uh
0: correct I have seen the picture of him dressed as the third doctor. <laughs> yes. And I had to look really close to make sure it wasn't I know, right?
1: <laughs> I was like <laughs> Can 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 we do this? He dressed as the third doctor as a Halloween prank at one point. And uh yeah. It looks so good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'd love,
0: love if he would come back and we could get just sort of a, oh, we could have another two doctors, you know, sort of yeah. mash mashup, uh, you know, Colin Baker and uh, Patrick Troughton did that uh, back in the eighties. Why not have Peter Capaldi and Sean Pertwee do a 12 and three.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, <laughs> and throw in Kate Stewart. <laughs>
1: that would be great yeah i know get get unit involved
0: (laughs) third doctor is going back to his job at unit uh, but he missed by several years uh back rather than working for going back to the 70s with unit, he gets you know 2016 and he's very confused and make it it a two-parter yes (laughs) moffat i hope you're listening to this (laughs)
1: Hey, um, hey, we could even have a River Song episode with the third Doctor, you know?
0: <laughs> all right. Well, before we just start prescribing an entire season with 12 <laughs> and 3 together. Now, there's a thought.
1: Uh, they they before... should do a spinoff series for like a season that's that's called the Diary of River Song. And they should have her meeting all the different Doctors. <laughs>
0: That needs to happen. (laughs) But before we completely pitch, you know, five more shows on this episode, I think we need to wrap it up. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode number 28 of Talking Time Lords, Happily Ever After. For Paul, I'm Jason. And remember, until next time, may you hope far-flung hopes and dream impossible dreams. Thanks, guys. Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts. Or visit patreon.com slash thunderquack to help support the shows.
1: Goodbye, sweetie.